0: Good morning, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM1030, KVOI, The Voice, daily in-depth news, conversation and talk about the people, ideas and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, and welcome aboard to a Happy Friday show. You made it, Tucson. Mr. Matt Neely making the magic happen on the other side of the glass. Happy Friday, to you sir a three-day weekend is around the corner and uh well deserved if i say so myself
1: absolutely uh happy friday zach a great weekend and uh it is nothing to fear day which i think is appropriate for today
0: i agree nothing nothing to fear like if you're
1: heading off to an asteroid or something
0: or 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 making sure you know where that asteroid is in in relation to earth it's important correct Oh and here we go. let's do it. I'm excited for this conversation without further ado uh, let me let me back into it. We'll end the show talking about the latest economic and housing report provided by the University of Arizona at their spring 2022 um, outlook last week or earlier this week uh, and we'll close with that but I'm looking forward to the conversation now uh, with Dante Loretta. Regents Professor of Planetary Science and Cosmochemistry at the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory, but you probably know of him for two other different reasons. One is certainly the principal investigator of NASA's OSIRIS-REx mission, but also the commencement speaker to 45 plus thousand graduates within the last uh, 7 to 10 days at the University of Arizona, and we have him here in Studio Cannot think of a better way to close out the week, Dante. It is a beautiful day in the space city of the Southwest. Good morning to you. Good morning. It's great to be here. Thank you. So so tell us a little bit about how you got to the University of Arizona and what is the OSIRIS-REx mission, Uh, It might have something to do with asteroids. I think the beans have been spilled on that thanks to to that, but Dante, go ahead.
2: Yeah, my history with the University of Arizona goes back to 1988 when I enrolled here as a freshman, so I did my undergraduate work here. I was a math, physics, and East Asian studies major, so I have a Bachelor of Arts in Humanities and a Bachelor of Science in Sciences, and my final year here, I got a NASA Space Grant undergraduate research uh, grant, and that really inspired me. I mean, that was uh, what got me going in this field. Introduced me to the Lunar and Planetary Laboratory. I didn't even know it existed, even though I'd been a student there for four years, and uh, decided that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to explore the solar system. Once I realized that people were getting paid to send spacecraft to Mars, I was like, I want in. How do I get that job? So I worked hard, I got, went to uh, St. Louis, got my PhD, spent some time up in Tempe as a postdoctoral research associate, and then I got hired onto the faculty
0: here in 2001. You, I, I can tell you're U of A faculty because you mentioned Tempe, but not, uh, but not the school. Right. It's okay. There's, there's love for our <laughs> statewide partners. That's right. That's who right. are uh I Had a good time up there. Who are, who are, <laughs> who are? You know the cues after a while, Dante. You get, to, you get. To, uh, huh? um, but no, a, a space is a certainly a statewide effort, but we're the best school at it for sure. You know, Absolutely, of course.
2: Space is Wildcat Country.
0: It is University of Arizona, Space City of the uh, of the Southwest, but you. Have a, you do have a state perspective and you are, uh, like you said, a Wildcat alum that has come back and uh, made an impact. What was it like to talk to 46,000 people about, uh, about space country? It
2: was awesome. <laughs> it was a great energy. The crowd, of course, was very excited. Everybody was celebrating. Uh, it was a great atmosphere. And I showed the rocket launch video to kind of start things off, got that stadium rumbling. Oh, man. And just had the time of my life. I loved it, uh, every minute of it. And I was really proud to be able to send the graduates off onto the next stage of their journey.
0: Forty-five plus thousand people. Yeah, yeah, students and all of their supporters, parents, that's friends, crazy. et cetera. Absolutely. Uh, do you think you'll speak to an audience that big again? Is that, that's kind of hard to top. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you uh, should. I, Someone should ask you to talk I, to fifty thousand people. But... Right. Sure. Let's go on a stadium
2: <laughs> tour. I don't know how you do that. That's a rare opportunity. Absolutely, and I loved it.
0: Yeah, it's very cool. I think Dr. Robbins made a made a great decision there. Uh, tell us about Osiris Rex. This okay. has been a project that you're the principal investigator on. Uh, what, what is it?
2: OSIRIS-REx is a NASA mission. It's in a program called New Frontiers. Uh, a couple other missions in that program are the Pluto flyby mission, New Horizons, and a Jupiter orbiter called Juno. And OSIRIS-REx is the third mission in that sequence. And so NASA has these programs. Um, its goal is to go to a near-Earth asteroid named Bennu, survey it in great detail. We have awesome cameras that we built right here on campus at U of A. Uh, a couple spectrometers, which are science instruments that measure different wavelengths of light and tell you about the chemistry and minerals that are on the surface, and then collect a sample and bring it back to the Earth for analysis in our laboratories. Most of that has all happened. We got the sample in October of 2020, and the spacecraft is currently cruising through interplanetary space with a rendezvous date with the Earth on September 24th,
0: 2023. Amazing. So, So I think the question is, this is cool, But what's the impact to us here on Earth? Why does what we do there matter here? Uh, Well, the key
2: word there is impact, I think. Uh, One of the reasons that we're interested in a near-Earth asteroid, especially Bennu, is because it is a literal impact. A literal impact. (laughs) Absolutely. It's what we call a potentially hazardous asteroid. Uh You know, when you study planetary science, you think on long time scales, uh, longer than most people do. And when we look at the geologic record, it's obvious that asteroids have crashed into the Earth's surface repeatedly. They can cause planetary-scale uh, disasters or regional-scale disasters. Bennu is the most potentially hazardous asteroid. If it's going to hit the Earth, it'll happen in about 160 years from now, so we don't have to be too worried about it. But uh, that's one of the reasons that we went out there. Personally, I'm driven by the ancient history that's recorded in the asteroid. Okay. You know, this object dates literally from the dawn of the solar system over four and a half billion years ago is when the chemistry and mineralogy of this material was formed. And I'm interested in Bennu because it's very carbon rich and I'm intrigued by origin of life questions. And one of the key hypotheses in origin of life research is that these carbon rich asteroids delivered the building blocks of life to the earth, not microorganisms, but nucleic acids that make up our DNA and our RNA and amino acids which make up our proteins those compounds might have formed on asteroids and then been delivered to the Earth, triggering the origin of
0: life. Wow, that was not in my notes. Okay, <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have the conversation. That, absolutely, that's, that's incredible. Um, yeah, and it kind of speaks to, you know there was a, we'll get into this in the next segment, there was a study in 2018 around what expertises does the university have topically, two of them, our, our situa- space situational awareness, so understanding the objects that are around us in our system, uh, and what may impact us literally, but also space mining and how do we uh, extract resources that are not on this planet but around us as well. And, and so I heard a little bit. I heard a little bit in there. Uh, the but but once Osiris Rex is done. Uh, there's a part two, apparently, that was just announced. Tell me a little bit about OSIRIS APEX.
2: Yeah, so we built an amazing spacecraft. It's uh, it's kind of like a high-performance race car. In fact, there's a lot of parallels between building those two kinds of machines. It has to work absolutely perfectly in extreme environments, which means it's a very hardy, rugged, robust machine. When we deliver the sample, the sample's inside a return capsule, which is uh, about... Uh, three feet across or so. And uh, the spacecraft will actually spin it up and release it, kind of like a quarterback throwing a football, although we're gonna do it from uh, outer space and we're gonna hit uh, Utah, uh, dead center, right where we want that thing to land. The spacecraft itself, with all those cameras and spectrometers and all the other science capabilities, is completely viable. It's done its primary mission, so our uh, navigation team is incredibly brilliant And they found a path that gets us to another asteroid, another potentially hazardous asteroid in 2029. So we propose that to NASA under APEX, which is the OSIRIS Apophis Explorer. Apophis is the name of that asteroid. And it's also um, gonna come very close to the Earth in 2029, within 30,000 kilometers, which is about the uh, distance of our weather satellites. So the assets that we have in space this asteroid is gonna be flying through that region really, really close to home. And that's an amazing opportunity because we can study it from the ground, but when the OSIRIS-REx spacecraft arrives, it'll use the Earth's gravity at that same time and actually be able to go into orbit around Apophis.
0: Incredible. And, and we'll get into this in the next segment in more detail, but what, did, what are the research dollars that the university is collecting from NASA to to execute this?
2: So OSIRIS-REx in total is about a billion dollar program. The APEX extension is an additional 200 million dollars. Of that money, about uh, $260 million has been
0: direct expenses here at the University of Arizona and impact to the Tucson economy. Incredible. Yeah, a few pennies. Right. Yeah, incredible. Well, that's where I want to go, um, Dante, when we get back after the break. Dante Loretta is with us, uh, a Regents professor at the University of Planetary Science, um, uh, known most well probably as the principal investigator for OSIRIS-REx, a NASA mission. Uh, and the commencement, the graduation commencement speaker, 45,000 plus people, got to hear a little bit more about you, and uh, we get to hear, uh, if we weren't there at the university, we get to hear that here. We're going to go to our first break of the hour. When we come back, that's where we're heading with Dante Loretta on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We're just getting started here on this Friday edition of Tipping Point with Zach Yenser.
3: by and for the people of Tucson, 1030 The Voice, trusted local news and talk.
0: In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is proud to present Brad Callhammer, 1159 to Tucson, a solo exhibition of works by Tucson-born, Mason, New York-based Brad Callhammer, who creates highly personal narratives that are autobiographical reflections on three realms of his life, his indigenous heritage, his middle American upbringing in a white adoptive family, and his work as an artist and musician. To learn more and to get your tickets, go to TucsonMuseumOfArt.org. Zach Yenso here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson, located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater. Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, at hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? This
4: is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at
3: extension.arizona.edu. School's out and summer's here. And now's the best time to come out in the evenings and catch Tucson's professional soccer team, FC Tucson, in action. We're back home June 11th for Forever Pride. Fireworks and a salute to the troops on July 3rd. Celebrating Tucson's birthday on August 20th. And don't miss our defending WPSL Desert Conference champions in action. The FC Tucson women have home games June 3rd, June 19th, June 24th, and July 1st. Tickets start at just $10. Get yours now at fctucson.com.
5: Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash.com. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West, federally insured by NCUA. This is Kate Delaney. Tune in later tonight as we talk about everything that happened throughout your day tonight at 10 on 1030 KVOI, The
0: Voice. And we're back Tucson and all of Southern Arizona live out of the Common Workspace Studios with Dante Loretta a Regents Professor of Planetary Science and Cosmochemistry at the University of Arizona, the principal investigator of the famed OSIRIS-REx NASA mission, and most recently, commencement speaker for the University of Arizona. We talked a lot about OSIRIS-REx and OSIRIS-APEX, which is the extended project that NASA is funding the university to do. But I wanted to zoom out a little bit. From your point of view, Dante, tell us how you see the University of Arizona as a space-focused university. I think we're the number one research-spending university on space and space exploration. So give me the pitch.
2: Yeah, it's an amazing place to be. If you are into space exploration, then University of Arizona is where you need to come. Um, I mentioned earlier that I got inspired by the NASA space grant program that's run out of the university 30 years ago when I was an undergraduate student here. And even then it was an amazing place. It was It was a history making organization. My own laboratory history dates back to the Apollo program, and the researchers at the Lunar and Planetary Laboratory mapped the moon to support uh, landing site selection for the Apollo astronauts. And ever since then, we've had a role in every major NASA planetary exploration mission. And it was quite honestly a little daunting when I got here to think that I'm, I'm stepping into a program with such a legacy and such a strong history. But they uplifted me. They helped me out. They set me up so that I could take on the challenge of OSIRIS-REx, of bringing a sample back from an asteroid. So it's a a wonderland of space science. And uh, I'm honored and really privileged to be here.
0: Can you speak to, real quick, uh, some of the major funding numbers or some of the other projects or initiatives outside of OSIRIS-REx that maybe you're not personally working on but you're aware of and kind of reflect back to the university as a, as a space university?
2: Oh, yeah. So, I mean, most recently we launched the NIRCAM on the James Webb Space Telescope. That's an infrared camera that's going to peer back to the dawn of history uh, in the universe. So when I was talking about the asteroids, that's the formation of our solar system which is one tiny little part of the universe, James Webb is going to be looking Mm. back to the very earliest stars and galaxy formation, an astonishing feat of engineering, and we play a major role in that. So I expect
0: to see some fantastic science actually starting this summer. And you're going to get the most time of any research institution this first Year or so yeah, anybody looking into that thing 13% of the research time that
2: was our team at the Stewart observatory that that built that camera system So absolutely, they're the principal investigators, and they're they're the ones who know the instrument the best So they'll be involved in all of the data processing just to make Mm -hmm. sure it meets scientific standards And a lot of it will be dedicated to their research interests. So that's just a, a recent example we're currently operating the high rise camera on uh, the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter, which is basically like a spy camera that's able to take super high resolution shots of the surface of Mars. It's been there since uh, it launched in 2004. And uh, amazing Martian geology has come out of that. We've seen landslides, we've seen gullies, we've seen ice caps all kinds of layering, the landings of the rovers were captured live by those cameras, and that's ongoing operations every day. Yeah. Uh, we're talking to spacecraft at Mars and commanding new, instruments, uh, new images to come down from those instruments. And so that's just a couple of examples. The next mission for the Lunar Planetary Lab is called NEO Surveyor. This is an infrared space telescope that's going to be doing a systematic survey for potentially hazardous asteroids. And the infrared is a great place to look because these things are hot. They're emitting tons of heat, and that's what the infrared telescope picks up. So a lot of these dark asteroids are invisible to ground-based telescopes, and they'll be screaming loud and bright in the infrared. And that's just a sampling. There's there's dozens of other projects that I couldn't touch on um, that are going on all around us at the University of Arizona campus.
0: Mm. Dante, I want to ask you, I I think in the In the last segment, I asked you why should Earth care, I guess, was maybe more my question. Why should Tucson care? What is the potential impact of all of this that's happening on the University of Arizona campus? Why does this matter to somebody listening today who lives in Tucson?
2: Well, one of the things I'm most proud of is the educational opportunities that running a program like this at a university enables. So I've had over 200 students working on this project, really going back to 2004 when we first started formulation. And uh, a lot of them have grown up, graduated, and gone on to be leaders in aerospace and other important fields. And that's just uh, kind of my legacy, too. I came to the University of Arizona, didn't really know what space exploration was about as, in terms of career options and got inspired. And now look, here I am back in Tucson bringing in hundreds of millions of dollars in work. And when you have a program of that scale and that prestige, it attracts a lot of talent to Tucson. So we hired you know, dozens of people from all over the country to come and work on the program. Some of them have finished their jobs and started new companies right here in Tucson. As you know, once you kind of arrive here, you fall in love and you don't want to leave Tucson. So we attract a lot of talent to the city with these high profile programs. We attract a lot of students. A lot of students told me they came to the U of A because of Osiris Rex. They were so inspired and excited and just wanted to be part of it in some way. So it is a beacon to show the great things, the great talent, the great minds that are here in our city and attracts that to our to our community
0: mm-hmm i uh, uh i i used to call as of last week tucson uh as kind of a black hole for that reason and i always mean it in a good way is a lot of people intend to come here for short term or aren't interested per se in staying here and after a while tucson kind of sucks you in and you're kind of here Someone said you should call that uh magnetizing. Tucson is a, is magnetic right. in that way. Because I guess maybe black hole has a negative uh connotation. But hey, we're talking about space. Yeah, I'll use right. black hole today. Sure, right. We yeah. we just but released I mean, the it, image of the black hole right you know, right before
2: the commencement <laughs> right, actually. That was all on right. the news. So yeah, that's we love right. black holes in Tucson.
0: <laughs> I, I I mean it I mean it in a good way. Right. I mean it in a very positive way, but magnet black hole uh it, whatever but we're talking space today so so black hole yeah. and there's been a lot of companies too that have been born out of the work of the University of Arizona I don't know if you have you know can speak to any of that but we've got a little ecosystem growing of companies who've been launched out of the U of A
2: Yeah, absolutely. I know some of my team members, uh, you know, they built up some capabilities, started with some students uh, that ended up working on the program. In fact, I think over 35 of our students I ended up hiring uh, as professionals to work as engineers and scientists on the mission. And then they developed some really amazing capabilities and then have spun off companies right here in Tucson, providing uh, services to uh, missions all over the world.
0: That's amazing. Uh, Dante uh we thought this might be a possibility. I have one more question I'd love to ask. You can I keep you for a shorter third segment?
2: I think so. Yeah. I'm sure the break?
0: Yep. Okay. Let's uh let, let's let's do that cuz I'd love to ask you about how do we really as a community get behind all of that is happening? inside of the four walls so to speak of the university because i think it's another classic case of the rest of the country and the world sees what you're doing do we as tucsonans see what you're doing and uh and how can the university be a leader in uh, space and the local economy how does this really um create impact here in, here in tucson so we'll talk about that real quick on the other side dante loretta is with us for a bonus short third segment Principal Investigator on NASA's OSIRIS-REx mission. We'll be right back after bottom of the hour news. Here you're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on 10:30. The Voice. Don't go anywhere. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is proud to present Brad Callhammer, 1159 to Tucson, a solo exhibition of works by Tucson-born, Mason, New York-based Brad Callhammer, who creates highly personal narratives that are autobiographical reflections on three realms of his life, his indigenous heritage, his middle American upbringing in a white adoptive family, and his work as an artist and musician. To learn more and to get your tickets, go to TucsonMuseumOfArt.org.
3: School's out and summer's here, and now's the best time to come out in the evenings and catch Tucson's professional soccer team, FC Tucson, in action. We're back home June 11th for Forever Pride. Fireworks and a salute to the troops on July 3rd. Celebrating Tucson's birthday on August 20th. And don't miss our defending WPSL Desert Conference champions in action. The FC Tucson women have home games June 3rd, June 19th, June 24th, and July 1st. Tickets start at just $10. Get yours now at fctucson.com.
5: When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA.
1: Life isn't about money, but how you handle money impacts everything. The Ramsey Show, today
0: at 1 on 1030 The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona live. You're out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. And our guest in studio for a quick bonus third segment is Dante Loretta, principal investigator on the OSIRIS-REx mission, NASA-funded University of Arizona. Uh, And then there's a continuation mission, uh, OSIRIS-APEX, which is is really cool. Uh, Real fast, Dante, how do we... Uh, how do we become the space city of the southwest and, yeah. and there's kind of a branding piece of that there's a public private engagement side around that the rest of the world sees what the University of Arizona is doing how do we as Tucsonan see it own it and use it to, to build our to our benefit here
2: yeah, that's a challenging question, Zach. I mean, you're talking about a cultural shift. I
0: think that's right. right? You,
2: you really want it to so. change. You want it to change the identity of Tucson a bit for them to embrace uh, us, to embrace uh, this exploration that we do here. And uh, it's to me one of the reasons, and probably the best reason, United States spends money on programs like this is the inspirational value. This is good news. This is exciting stuff. This is people pushing the boundaries of what is possible even beyond what we thought was possible in some cases. So we need to, f- to um, communicate that in a, in a very positive way and to engage the stakeholders in Tucson. And there's some communities that make a lot of sense. For example, there's a huge uh, commercial meteorite community here in Tucson, especially during the Gem and Mineral oh, Show. Yeah. But even a lot of the premier meteorite collectors and dealers are housed here, and they're very close allies. They love asteroids, which is where meteorites mostly come from and uh, we engage with them uh, on a regular basis. There's also a huge amateur astronomy community. A lot of people come to Tucson when they retire, they want to be stargazers, and there's a community that welcomes that. So I think some of it is just connecting those dots, bringing everybody together and saying, hey, we're all in this, we're working towards the same ideas, let's celebrate. And then, of course, the university is you know—is the hub, and so there's some obligation to mm-hmm. expand out into the community, to share the knowledge, to share the excitement, to share the enthusiasm, and to celebrate. Right. For example, next year, September 24th, 2023, uh, after 19 years of my life uh, working on this, those samples are coming back down to the earth, kicking off the real science campaign, which is diving in mm-hmm. down to the atomic level to understand this material and the history of our solar system. We should have a party, a citywide party, to celebrate that event. Uh, I expect you to make me a blue Bennu there and we got specialty <laughs> cocktails absolutely. that's I think I mentioned on the break yes. I'm an amateur mixologist. Yes. I'd be happy to uh, serve some drinks yes. at a local uh, establishment if, if they would have me. I worked as a bartender in college so I got a little bit of experience I, I'm under count my
0: belt. on it. I'm gonna count on that it. it sounds like
2: fun. Uh, but that's exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about and it, it, it's it's funny but it makes a real point is that we're all humans doing this. We're all real people. we all have the same daily struggles. Uh, yet we come together as a team, uh, we integrate, we become this amazing unified whole with capabilities way beyond what any human could do by themselves. And that is worth celebrating. That's just a, a classic example of human potential. In a day and age when we need good examples of what happens when we work together, When we're all positive, when we're all constructive, we respect each other, and then we focus on meeting the challenges ahead of us. That's what space exploration epitomizes. Mm -hmm. That's what the University of Arizona excels at, and that's what we need to embrace community-wide in our town.
0: I love it. You know, my dream would be that when folks walk off the plane at TIA, right? There was, you know, Mayor Walkup was famous for kind of slapping Optics Valley wherever he could around the community. He was a great cheerleader in that way. And I would love to see similar effort around Space City of the Southwest. And I feel like we're in this, this Pittsburgh moment where we have the opportunity to really rally the public sector, government, the private sector around this to have this unified To have this unified message, and I think I'm hearing from you, there's a a, an improved storytelling component of that that the U of A needs to own at the very minimum. But we we need everybody to kind of come around this, and that's right. Any insight? Any insights on how to do that?
2: Yeah. Well, we're really interesting crossroad in space exploration because it is rapidly transitioning from the realm of entirely government funded into yes, the commercial sector. Correct. And there's some real economic opportunity, yes. huge economic opportunity, asteroid resources, lunar exploration. We are well positioned to provide the expertise and knowledge to pursue those. What we need is capital and, and mm-hmm. visionary investors to come in and say, hey, let's go do this for real. Yes. I can tell you There is no technical challenge to getting this done. The challenge is financial and the business model. How do you actually do this and make it uh, economically viable? So that would be a great place for us to really sit down and say, look at all this capability that we've developed, all this expertise. This is all local, homegrown, Tucson talent. And there is economic potential here. Uh, both just in community mm-hmm. building, celebrating, and, and but also real development of yep. space as as a, a, a frontier.
0: I think so too. We're a matter of seconds from cutting you loose, Dante. I know you've got you've got a run here, and you've already given us a bonus segment. Um, but uh, can you, you can probably vouch for in, in a simple yes or no that there are a large number of communities who are having this same exact conversation today. Absolutely. Uh, this is a super competitive field. It is a super competitive environment. And even our neighbors up north are, you know, are starting to get on their rocket ships and uh, and, and try to put gas on this fire. We just have to move now. That's right.
2: I would hate to look back, you know, 20, 30 years yep. in the future and see that, yep. uh, you know, yep. the, the Texas or New Mexico yep. is, the, is the space city, yep. space capital, because a lot of people are going after it but none of those have the capacity the University of Arizona has. Correct. So that is our treasure.
0: Absolutely. And uh, we need to, to look it. at,
2: yeah, exactly, we
0: need to own it. We're at a tipping point, you might say. Yeah, that's fair.
2: <laughs> Sounds good. I heard that somewhere, I think. There we go, there <laughs> we
0: go. Dante Loretta, thanks for coming on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser here on 1030 The Voice. Uh, appreciate your time, a little bit of extra time. We'll get you out of here, but uh, let's do this again soon. Thanks for your work, and it's, it, it matters a lot.
2: Yeah, great to be here anytime. Call me back.
0: Super. We'll do it. All right, Tucson, let's go to our final break of the hour. We're going to cut Dante loose when we come back. A few words from me. We'll talk about Southern Arizona's economic report and what it means, and uh, we'll cut you loose for a three-day weekend. We'll be right back, Tucson. <laughs>
3: To Vale and everywhere in between. 1030 The Voice. Trusted local news and talk.
0: In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business.
5: Tucson homeowners. Do you have equity in your home and would like to sell, but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like, with no obligation, go to Tucson TucsonCash Shoffer.com.
1: Spending time with Devon and her
0: team. Zach Yenso here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their bee on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? This is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona,
4: where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520 621 0906 or visit us at extension.arizona.edu.
3: This is Bill Buckmaster. Join us for the Buckmaster Show at noon on 1030, Tucson's Voice for Trusted News Talk.
0: And we're back, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona live out of the Common Workspace studios. Happy Friday to you. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach insarney AM 1030, KVOI, The Voice, daily in-depth news conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. This segment is sponsored in part by Little Love Burger. They opened downtown last fall. They're serving up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, ice cream milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. You can follow them on social media at Little Love Burger. And mention you heard about them here on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for a 15.15% discount off your next order. Uh, we, our... Uh, excited to partner with them. We're also excited to partner with Decibel Coffee Works. The coffee the Yensers drink at home and while we're out and about. Uh, visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Uh, Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser For 10% off your next order on any beans, coffee drinks, pastries, and happy to announce ice cream. Ice cream is now Available. Uh, Matt, uh, as I expected, I am on a high after that conversation with Dante Loretta, uh, from the University of Arizona, principal investigator on the OSIRIS-REx mission commencement speaker at the University of Arizona's graduation the other day. Uh, I just, uh, I'll, I have a lot to debrief on, but, um, one, it just, I have no words. I have words, but no words. (laughs) Well, it, oh. you know, it is
1: interesting, that, you know, that there are the commercial aspects, you know, that are out there, uh, the commercial possibilities, um, and the fact that the market is transitioning from from government run, right, to uh, private business, right. It's kind of matured into that realm. Right, it is kind of hey. interesting. One interesting story, uh, just yeah. real quick, that, about yeah, yeah. LPL and it's LPL related. But I've just always found it ironic. What's what's LPL? Uh, Lunar Planetary Labs over at at U of A, yep. and you know they do all this stuff in space, in the outer reaches, right, and in near space in the moon and and uh, but Carlsbad Caverns was actually discovered. Um, I may have mentioned this before by a Lunar Planetary Labs scientist, uh, hmm. Randy Tufts. Unfortunately, he he died several years ago, but he was one of the co-discoverers of uh, of Karchner Cavern, southeast of Tucson. I always thought that was, you know, ironic that you have these people that are do all these deep thinkers outside of the planet, and here they found something right under, <laughs> right under the surface. So <laughs> I always thought that was kind of a neat little tie-in with LPL that uh, they're looking above and below, right?
0: Yes. No, no, it's so funny, Matt, Matt you mentioned that uh, because I have something that I am going to vocally copyright on this show because I think I came up with it, but, but I, I like to say that Tucson and who we are and what we do and what we uh, focus on and what our experience is in, that Tucson specializes in discovering and preserving uh, and utilizing what is below what is between and what is beyond, beneath, between and beyond? You know, certainly space. We are a uh, we are a community focused on environmental conservation, uh, and you know whether it is mining or Karchner Caverns, right? <laughs> uh, we also you know discover things that are below, and, and we don't we don't talk about that story. We don't talk about that 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 narrative. Um, uh, but, uh, Matt, I appreciate that. I, I feel like I've heard that before, but it's relevant today for sure. Absolutely. But, um, uh, no, you, 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 mentioned something, Matt, too, that I think is, is worth, is, is worth emphasizing that, um, that in so much of cutting edge research, right. And communities that do cutting edge research and you, Silicon Valley research triangle, Israel, you see that the uh that the public sector you know whether it's NASA federal government grants whatever often de-risks the market and gets the research going and then if it all works out right there is a handoff to the private sector right and and, and a lot of my a lot of my friends and I mean friends uh left of center right uh wanna see the public sector uh, own more, do more, kind of own the pie in some regards. My friends on the right, and I mean friends on the right, you know, want to see the private sector owning more and doing more. And the real world reality, the real world reality is that you would be hard pressed, in my mind, uh, and I'm waiting for someone to prove me wrong. It's not a dare, it's an actual ask. If you can show me a community where either over the long term, the public sector only or the private sector only uh, got the juices flowing over the long term, I wanna see it because in my experience, in my study, in my research, in my conversations, uh, it is usually a partnership. Often the public sector de-risks the market. Uh, The private sector then jumps in, provides the capital. Uh, There is a handoff there, an understood partnership. The private sector then often takes the lead going forward. But there is a role for both sectors, both government and the, and private industry to th- put gas on these kind of fires and get it moving. Let's, let's live in that real world because that's the real world, right? Let's put our philosophies aside. Let's live in the real world together. That's the real world. And it's exciting to hear people like Dante say, look, you know, for the last 20, 25 years, this has been NASA driven. Now you're seeing the commercialization now you're seeing private industry start to say, hey, let's take this on, let's take this over. That's how it's supposed to work. That's ultimately how things start to democratize. And by that I mean normal regular day people like you and me start to get to jump on you know, uh, a, a balloon and go see the stratosphere, right? I probably won't get to do that, but my kids and your grandkids uh, will get to do that someday. So that we're in an exciting moment, and, and I wanna talk about something different to close, uh, but I want everyone to hear what Dante said at the end, because I, I pushed him on this, not that he wasn't wanting to say it anything about it, I don't mean that way, but I asked him, I said very clearly at the end, um, Tucson is not having this conversation in our own bubble around space exploration and, and space discovery and space mining. Right, not just the Davis, Month and Raytheon side of aerospace and defense, but this whole space exploration and discovery. This is one of the hottest industries in the country. And we are in an arms race in this nation of communities like Tucson, some a little smaller, some a little bigger, who are wanting to wrap their arms around and own this industry. And Tucson, as Dante said, is sitting on a gold mine of talent, of dollars, of research, of innovation. Tucson could own space mining, space exploration, situational awareness, and space tourism. We could own those four things. We have all the pieces. All the pieces. Right here, right now. It's all here. The question is, are we going to put the dollars and the community energy toward it? fast enough and big enough before somebody else beats us to it. And I want to say this out of deep love. I get chills as I'm about to say this. Tucson, I love you. I love that you're slower. I love that you're calmer. I love that you love tacos and trails. Uh, I love, you know, hearing the friend of mine who said, I moved to Tucson from a different place and I can feel uh, kind of the the, the pressure start to go down. I can feel the energy relax. I, I feel more at ease in tucson tucson i love that about you but we can't be uh we can't be so uh we can't live there only at the expense of creating a community where our children and grandchildren can live where they can have a good job afford a home and be be good near good roads good parks good schools safe neighborhoods we cannot only live on our open spaces and on our tacos and trails and my fear is that Tucson will do with this moment like it does with other moments in our recent history where it misses out and loses out to other communities and, and I'll keep just preaching this message I'm 30 seconds from moving on I'll, I'll keep preaching this message whether or not you believe me my goal is to prove to you listening that Tucson is and could be the space city of the Southwest, that we have a shortening moment in time and all the resources we need if we want to play in this arena to invest in 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 a new industry that could positively, smartly transform the city of Tucson for the next 50 years. But we've got to lean into it. And my fear is that history shows that we don't big don't do that big enough fast enough long enough with enough resources tucson don't lose this moment and and the window is getting smaller don't lose this moment we, we need more than zach and dante on a friday on a radio show talking about this don't lose this moment and we're close we're getting outrun no surprise because it happens to us all the time we're getting outrun by other cities and I'll prove that to you too later. What I want to talk about in the fourth segment, other than that bandwagon, and y'all know this is my, this is my bandwagon, is, uh, is Space City of the Southwest, uh, is uh, the economic report from the University of Arizona for Southern Arizona. And we're going to have George Hammond on the show, I think in a couple of weeks uh, to get his kind of first-hand analysis of it. But there was uh, some, some, some shocking and not so shocking elements. There's a lot to To unpack, Uh, I'm not going to mention two things at the expense of other things. There's some good news in Tucson's economy, but there's two things that I wanted to remark on that I think are important. And by the way, it relates to the conversation we've had for the majority of the hour. Uh, The first is um, that four out of seven of Arizona's major metro areas, there's seven metro areas, Tucson, of course, is one of those, four of those seven have recovered, and then some. Uh, all of their jobs they lost from COVID. Tucson is not one of those four. Tucson is one of the three um, who have not caught up to the jobs that were lost pre-COVID. Tucson, in fact, is even lagging Flagstaff and Tucson is lagging the country. We've recovered, I think about 88% was the data of, of our jobs. And uh, economic recovery is thought to continue unless we hit a recession. Tucson, we're gonna hit a recession. Uh, I would be willing to put money on it because the last time we had inflation at this level, we had to have a recessionary reset. The Reagan administration had to come in and actually create a recessionary environment uh, over a two or three period, two or three year period to reset the economy. It had gotten so bad and so out of control and so inflationary that no soft landing was possible. And there had to be a hard economic environment for a couple of years to reset the market that is real it happened, and my fear is that it's going to happen, even if it's a short-term recession here in this country and here in Southern Arizona. So prepare for that, I'd be willing to bet on it. Um, and if that continues, our economic recovery in this region is gonna slow. The other thing that was important, drum roll, surprised is probably few. I wanna talk about housing, uh, it is estimated that the housing permits that we will produce in 2024 will be a thousand less than we are set to produce this year. In other words, in a year and a half, we will be producing a thousand less housing permits than we are today. And we're not producing enough today to meet the demand. This region is in trouble. If we don't urgently start creating the housing, that we need. we need. We need more multifamily, we need more single family, we need more ADUs, we need more duplexes, we need more triplexes, we need to create more housing stock. And there's a lot of economic factors that are out of uh, our local control, but there's also a lot of local things that we can do to more urgently address the need for more housing. Right, and, and if housing accessibility isn't the thing that you get up in the morning and think about, uh, when economists talk about it, they talk about it as the big, one of the big, if not the biggest inflationary elements of Joe and Jane's budget locally is the cost of living. Right, The home that I bought six years ago and the mortgage that I could pay for that house is not enough for, uh, to, to rent, is barely enough to rent a one-bedroom apartment in Tucson today. It changed in six years. 350 plus thousand dollars is the median home price. It's gone up 21% since April of 2021. 21% and we're not only gonna not build more housing, we're gonna build less housing over the next couple of years unless we make a course correction. So I think this is the most ideal tipping point show. Extreme optimism and excitement about what could be. Firm urgency about what has to happen to get there. I love these kind of shows. Check it back out on the podcast if you missed any of it. Uh, Tipping Point with Zach Genser, where you listen to podcasts. Thanks to our listeners. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to Matt Neely making the magic happen on the other side of the glass. You know what's up next? Bill Buckmaster at noon. We're taking a three-day weekend. Tune in on Monday for uh, some of our best stuff. But We'll be back on Tuesday. Thanks for listening, to Tucson. Stay safe out there this weekend. And remember why we're selling. This-